And I'm Karen Wright. It is 9.34. Time now for our Master Gardener segment with Master Gardeners, Karen Wright and Barb Lamson. Good morning, Barb. Hey, good morning, Karen. And it's another beautiful day. And I woke up this morning and I dashed outside. Um, I'm looking for uh, blooms that open up from yesterday. It is such a joy. Did you smell the blooms when you came in? I have those trumpet lilies that I picked. Actually, I transplanted them from uh, some of them from our, our lake place here in Mankato. So the ones at the lake are established and they're over six feet tall, but the ones here are maybe three feet because, you know, they're just not as established right. and they're right. smaller. But Man, the smell on those and some of the, so you smell those scents, and those are primarily yes. the trumpet lilies that are those yeah, strong. Yeah, I have those trumpets too. And the thing that's so difficult about those is because they don't stick out like this, they kind of hold their heads down. Yeah, they, they go down. And and I forget, and I get too close, and I get pollen. Oh, I had, you've got allergies. Or, yeah, but I get it on my clothes. Oh, and then it col- just colors. I've had it. I was like, where did all this yellow start? Yeah, well, yeah, brown or right. whatever color, yeah. And one day I came in, and I thought, oh, my gosh, I've really bruised my arm. Oh, and it I was that too. golden, dirty color <laughs> yellow on there. And I thought, oh, good grief. I did, too. One day I came with these brown, and I'm like, I... I like what in the world are all these brown i'm getting more age spots and it was sure, the, the pollen. sure yeah you know we got our peas in the garden up at good council so late but they are absolutely perfect and beautiful now and i picked a half a sack of them and brought them home we're going to have fresh peas and uh, not uh, with potatoes but the potatoes Ooh. are from our garden right and steak and oh my that's goodness. one of my favorite meals. Well, do you know what we had the other night? I had beets and roasted beets, and then I roasted uh, some of the, the, the broccoli sprouts that I had. Remember? Yes. Instead of broccoli, which formed the solid head, the broccoli sprouts continually give up smaller little, I guess, sure. sprouts is what you call them. And they were so good roasted. Jeff put some olive oil on it and then yep. just yep. you know yep. seasoned it a little bit. And with the beets... Oh, that was just so delicious. Yeah. And then he made um, scallop, actually Blake made scallop potatoes and he seasoned them with some of the herbs we have. Oh, and that's so absolutely amazing. I mean, I don't know if it's all in a person's mind or what, but um, uh, I've been roasting my vegetables too. I have- No, a, they're better. They're, it's like it brings out the sweetness or something in it, them. It is. And preserves the, the nutrients, them. I think. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know what I do with, we have um, a griddle that goes on our grill that has the holes in it so that oh, okay. so that you get that charred flavor right. you know there and um the problem i was having was with the onions they would get done too soon because they you know when you, they kind of right. c- come apart and so i put toothpicks in them now i cut them in wedges put a toothpick through them and turn turn them over once absolutely perfect oh okay so that's a because i know jeff just starts some of the things later that get done sooner is what he does sure, but sure yeah sure well the right now the vidalias are in from vidalia georgia onions yes yeah. and they are so sweet and so good i mean it's just really really terrific well my sister i guess through their local ffa in river falls they sell the vidalia onions by the the 10 pounds worth sure so she gave us because there's no way we're going to use 10 pounds but she get, had Oh, about a month ago, gave us a uh, five pounds of that, and we're still using those. But my onions now are ready in the garden to use as well. Yeah. Well, some of the younger ones, um, you know, that aren't as big, we can use those. So it's always, um, if you put rows of onions in, it's good maybe to 
to start taking out every every other one or every third one because what happens then is the ones that are left behind do get bigger right but if you just want to leave them like that and they have smaller onions too yeah 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 so that's okay too I think it's so important to talk about tomatoes right now oh okay. everybody's got their tomatoes mine are certain my uh, tomato berry, which you and I both love. They're right, they're right. sort of a cherry tomato, but they're shaped like strawberries, and they're a little bigger than your your average uh, little cherries. Right. But they taste so good. Mine are forming a whole bunch. I've got a whole bunch of green ones now, so I'm just waiting to let them to get right. Well, up at the garden, the romas are doing. We have small romas. Are and, they green still? Uh, yes, mm-hmm. and the celebrities. We have small uh, uh, tomatoes on those, and then I get one plant from Harvey which is called um, super sauce. Right. It's like a Roma, but it's big. big. It's really, really. And real meaty for great sauces. Yeah, yeah, it is. And that one's just going to tell. But all of the tomatoes are bushy. Right. And um, I got a question as I was coming in today about these bushy tomatoes. And is it all right to start thinning them out? Yes, it is. But um, this gal said, well, I'll just break them off, break off the leaves or the branches. Don't break anything off. Use a small pruning shears or yes. use a scissors and go close to the, the stem and make one nice clean cut and then take that leaf out of the out of the garden. Yeah, don't you don't want to prevent you want to prevent diseases by doing that. I have been uh, pruning, and my neighbor lady, I helped her too, because sometimes when those the tomatoes get bushy at the bottom, you don't want those touching the soil because they can pick yes. up the diseases. So, I will take the the my little pruning yeah, shears there. and prune yeah, at, the at the bottom the, the smaller. Yeah, um, and then things. as you go up, yeah, you'll see that you'll get a branch, and then right underneath it, you'll get a secondary one that comes up. Those can always come off. Right. I, I don't. I think the plant is trying to ensure its success by putting out more branches. Right. Then we also had a question from the same group of uh, women, and this one woman said that she is getting what I would call blossom and rot. rot. Blossom and rot, rot. and that sometimes that is from uh, the uneven watering that we have had that's because of I the drought, her. and that's pretty common. Uh, uh, in fact, a lot of people I've seen on the, the garden groups that I'm on have complained about the blossom rot as well. Yeah, and the other thing about this is, so I said, you know, just one of the things that will really help you is mulch. And then, then you know, I use that term so loosely because I know what it means. Well, true, but, but not everybody does, Barb. Right, exactly. So anytime you put a barrier to cover this soil, you're doing a mulch. I mean, you could use cardboard there. Newspaper yes. and wet them down, yeah. Yeah, so you're protecting the soil from drying out. One year up at Good Council, so we had a person who brought in their um, their shredded paper. Oh. And <laughs> when it was dry, it blew. Yeah. But when they kept it wet, then it started decomposing and it was okay. But you can find lots of things um, that well, you can I, put down. I use even straw. Even a board. Even, oh, would, but right, a board too. But then you get the, sometimes you get the slugs under those too, though. Then you pick them up and pick off the slugs. That's true. But but I have been using um, the baled straw. It's 99% weed-free. And I'll get it in, uh, not from any, just, just uh, it's specially for gardeners. So sure. it's, because sometimes if you buy it from a farmer I'm not, some of them times it's too weedy and I don't need many more weed seeds than I've got and so that has been really good and I've used that a lot because it's a really inexpensive mulch right it's so anything and, and, and if you're new at gardening and you don't have a, access to a lot of these things oh my goodness just just look around and see oh, what grass you have clippings 
grass clippings are great, you know, any of these things. So you're making that barrier so the soil doesn't dry out as much because the tomato, it it's continually sending its roots. It's, it's seeking water. Right. And if you have the sun beating down on that black soil, it's drying out so fast. So the plant this time of year is trying to protect itself as much as it possibly can in all kinds of different ways. So so I would say go ahead and do that. And the other thing for tomatoes is have a real sturdy cage because, oh, yeah. I mean, that's the one mistake that I have learned as being a gardener. First, I didn't use any cages and, like, oh, and then I used kind of one of those cheaper flimsy oh, yeah. cages. Yeah, and right. yeah, they're cheap and they'll work. But once the, the plant starts to get its full uh, growth, it they'll just flop over. Yeah, they flop over, and then that can wreck your whole plant. Yeah, yeah. That is so... Now, what our friend Harvey would do, he would use big stakes mm-hmm. to put along with the cage and, and hold it in place. Literally stake the yeah. cage down. So, yeah, cause... it was kind of like... Uh, when he had livestock putting up fence <laughs> posts and a fence to keep them in, you know, right. to keep them from go, uh, leaving their boundaries that they're intended for. So, uh, yeah, uh, whatever you do, if you're going to use something like that, uh, be sure and take it out. Now, some people still let the tomatoes, they put down a mulch and they let them vine and grow right on the ground. I don't like that because I've always had better luck to get them up in the air so they get air circulation. Right, and the other thing is that it, when they're on the ground, they easy more easily pick up blight or, or other right. wilt or things, diseases, so it just really is good to keep them off the ground. Have you noticed how some things grow so easily? I have purslane <laughs> up in my garden. and uh, Purslane, the weed? Yes, purslane, the weed. But there's also purslane that has more flowers that people buy as flowers, too. Yes. But I'm talking the weed, they're kind of little, they almost look like little succulents. Well, they are. So that's that's how they can how survive. they can survive. Yeah. And they're, the foliage is shiny and green. And a little they, red tinge sometimes, yeah. I have um, chicken wire around my garden and any place where I've got a fence um, and there's not mulch right there or it's just up to the edge. Oh my goodness, yes. It's a banner year. I've got so much too. There is um, uh, a lady that used to garden by us and and she was always uh, taking it home and she was making some kind of a a drink. Oh, some people use it as a green and say it's just very wonderful to eat. I've never tried it, but some people swear, say, oh, don't, you know, in, in yeah. the gardening sites, they'll say, well, leave that. That's wonderful. And yeah. I just have never got into I <laughs> doing that myself. Maybe we should try it before we knock it, I guess. Yeah, I wouldn't knock it. I would just say that um, it's a beautiful plant. I mean, yes. it, you, you could grow that, I suppose, as a cover crop. You know, but then when it went to seed next year, you'd have so much of that. True. But it is, it is very, very pretty, yes. You know what else is really pretty are those Japanese beetles. They are very pretty. <laughs> yes, they are. But my gosh, they are prolific. You know, I found the first one, I think it was last Friday, I found yes. one. And believe it or not, it was on a milkweed, which is a weird thing, because they don't usually like milkweed. Now I found them on um, not only the crab apple tree and the roses, I've never had dahlias in the yard before, so I found them. They're they're only eating the flowers of the dahlias, Barb, and that made me so mad. That's even worse. Oh, yeah, and then, of course, the hardy hibiscus, that's one of their favorites. They haven't started blooming yet, but the problem is they get in the buds before they open, so then when the flowers open, they're full of holes. Well, I've been doing the hand-picking thing like you and I both do, so I've got a couple of... of, buckets filled with soapy water so i've got my son grant he is on the the patrol mom i just got 10 
Japanese beetles off your roses. Mom, I just got eight Japanese beetles off the, the dahlia. And so he's my, my little patroller. And, and that's good. Um, there's another thing called trap cropping, which is kind of debatable. I don't know if you've heard of this, Barb, but they you plant certain things like borage, white geraniums, evening primrose, and ginias, which are favored foods and can be planted along your property perimeters far from your other attractive plants that you really want to you know not sure. get damaged. And sometimes the beetles will be attracted to those first yeah Yeah. so you know that's a way but then you still got them coming and attracting um some say you can try spraying your favorite plants with neem oil or all season oil and that helps mask the scent of some of your favorite plants that beetles are most attracted to so i might do that like with my heart hibiscus and some of the roses take the neem oil which is you know and be sure and do it early in the morning before the bees are active yes absolutely because you don't want to get your your good pollinators and then uh, another thing barb is netting i've done this before where i get like a net and put over top but i found that they still sneak under there anyway Uh, well it depends on the um, size of the netting right you have real um, i have real fine real fine you know uh, something that would look really would work really great would probably be a very sheer curtain Oh, true. That's got a weave to it, but it's very light. The air would get in, the sunlight would get in, and that maybe that would work. And then it looks like your yard is filled with little ghosts. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Which it is what was my That's okay, too. So I have, um, a, a, to keep the squirrels from digging, I've oh. also had to spread netting on new plants. If, if I put anything out that's new. They love to dig, and just yes. for no reason, it seems. Yes, and, but they don't eat the thing. They just move it out. Right. And you have to be checking several times a day to see if they've been in there and and uh, and dug that up. I wonder sometimes it's because you've got the hole loose and then they can plant their nuts because they don't have to work so hard to dig. I don't know. That's just my theory. Or are they looking for moisture? Maybe. Or, yeah, I don't know either. You know, my daughter is here with her two little Shih Tzus. Oh, she's still here. Okay. Yes, she is. She's going to be here till next weekend. And do you know what? We haven't had a single squirrel in the yard. Well, there you go. Here's your answer. Get get your dogs. And they have all the patience in the world because the yard is fenced. Right. And they will find a shady spot. And they will sit and watch up in the trees. In Georgia, they have lots of squirrels as well as armadillos that they like to chase in their yard. So they're very patient, but they've kept them out. But something that's really visiting my yard is... I have more bees and more monarchs this year than I have ever had before. Yes, and that makes me so excited to hear that. And you know, it's so dry. Now, I've taken um, dinner plates. You know, a dinner plate isn't just flat because everything, if there was anything with a sauce on it, it would run out. So it's indented a little. But it's not very deep if you put water in there. Right, and so you can put that on the ground. You can put it up a little ways and and keep filling them with clean water every single day. And I do that with, I've got a bird bath that I put some stones in so then the birds, sure. you know, or sure. the, the bees, it isn't so deep for them to, you know, just sit on those and because they need water too. Yeah, they do. every the, the, And, you know, the birds will go in the regular bird bath and they'll just sit in there and splash around. Do you it, find that they're attracted? My pond is a huge attractant to the, the birds. They go out on there, take baths all the time and they're see, and frogs yours is and real, toads. real shallow on the end, but mine... Well, yours is deep throughout. Yeah, I've got yeah, kind of a... I have a ledge there, but I have flowers on that oh. ledge. So... They they can't. But here's I've got a big rock in the middle, kind of that they. W- yeah, will step I've on. got one. I've got one there. So um, you'll see the butterflies. Mm. They'll sit on those rocks and they'll yes. get a drink. But 
Um, and, and the dragonflies, too, will do that. But we saw, and maybe I told you this before, last week we saw a squirrel sit on the edge, <laughs> hang over the edge, <laughs> which is about, you know, about four inches or so, right. put his little head in there and just sit and drink and then got back up again and off. They're little went. acrobats, I swear. Yeah, yeah. Well, they, yeah, they can hang by their... Yeah, with their heads down for a long time. Right. Yeah, I've I've seen them. <clears throat> well, we've got them now. My I've got trees now, so they're big enough. So what they do is they climb up one tree, they climb across the house, and jump down on the other tree. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, talking about water, we had such an interesting um, newsletter from our extension agent Shane, and he's one of the things that will probably always stick with me is this. He said, <clears throat> "Remember your plants." aren't like humans they do need water food sunshine that but they can't get up and walk to the minnesota river and get a drink right you have to water them right so uh and then deciding which ones you're going to water and which ones you're not going to water i just wanted to say i am so in love with my buttered popcorn daylily that you oh, gave me. Oh, yes, that, that is a daylily I've had for years, and that is the variety, is buttered popcorn. It's such a bright, happy yellow. And big. Yeah. It is It is bigger than anything else I've got. That's the color of my kitchen. Oh, it is? Yes. Okay, very, a very sunny kitchen is what I would say yeah, then. And, and my kitchen is on the north side, and it needed that. And I've got windows across one wall oh, okay. and another window on the east, so I get all this sunlight in there. It's just perfect. But, you know, I believe they are, are at least a week or two ahead because of the heat that we've had. Because yes. normally they don't start blooming until a little later in July. Because I, I know that because when I take I take some of those blooms to the fair, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure mine are all going to be done by fair time sure. in Nicollet County is the one I'm going to take it to, which is the second, second I believe it's the second week in, in uh, uh, August. Sure. So, so I think there, it seems like a lot of things maybe are ahead in some ways because of the heat. Yeah, I I agree with you. That is so true. I just can't believe, I keep thinking about August. What's going to be blooming in August? Now that balloon flower, which usually blooms Mine later. Mine just started. Already. Just loaded with blooms. That's amazing. It's doing better under this stress than it normally would. That is true. Yeah, so maybe some just like it hot, as they say. That's true. Or could it have been... It came through the winter healthier than they normally do because it was a mild winter. True. It's a combination of things. You know, sometimes when you see something like um, maybe it'll be a flowering crab or maybe it'll be a perennial too, when they are jumping ahead of themselves and they're making fruit with seeds in it and then the seeds falls off, fall off, sometimes the plant is just betting that they're not going to make it and so they're betting on getting seeds down that will make it have enough time to to grow they're smart yeah i mean the, their it, nature is is very smart that is true it it really has to be doesn't so, it so do you know what i did since we talked last friday you and i chatted last friday on the air yes i do you know but not everybody else does so so i uh friday the, after work friday saturday sunday and monday of course which i had off because it was uh, the 4th of july weekend uh, I planted over 125 new hostas. I know. Isn't and that amazing? A lot of those I got at the Minnesota hosta sale, and so I've been kind of babying them in pots because I just haven't been able to get to them because I had to prepare the soil first. So finally, last week, I got nine yards of compost. Very nice compost, by the way, from a, a place in Owatonna that it, it's a mixture of a dairy manure with peat and some other compost. 
and so it doesn't have the jumping worms it doesn't have the the weed seeds in it and so i'm very very happy with it and then my husband spread it all over the grass and so now that entire lawn that i used to have to mow on the west side of the lake house which was a smaller yard but still you know you had to mow it is now all hostas you know i thought about you and i thought aha i remember (laughs) When I used to be on these tangents, and I would be out, you know, every daylight hour, and yes. I'd be doing things, and I'd come in, and I was yes. just dead. Yep. And and my husband would say, "Don't you have enough? Are you sure <laughs> you could never you know, have enough?" Yeah, I don't know that that you know. And but see, I'm going to run out of room pretty soon. That's the thing. Well, that's, gonna that's happen the to thing. Me. But the other thing is. Um, maintaining them you know that the to water to keep that many water but uh, but the thing is with hostas once you get them started see that's the thing now is because of the drought I was like oh boy because the one day I planted it was 90 something degrees but I know we had that nice rain so it couldn't have come in at a better time for me and so that will help but I'm also using mulch I'm using what's called the cocoa mulch yeah. And yeah, I use you know that's been around for a long time. It's kind of expensive time. though. It, it's the cocoa bean yeah shells. Well, well the, no, mine is in cocoa bean shells. This is actual cocoa mulch, which is from like the husks. That's what this is. Okay, from. well, that's... well, this is actually in blocks, Barb. So they come in nine-pound blocks. Oh yeah. And then I put them in the wheelbarrow with five gallons of water, and then it takes about 20, 25 minutes, and it fluffs okay. up, and so. I, I ordered them in the mail because nobody else sells them around here. But right. they're really nice on because I've got kind of a slope on that yard because they stay in place and they don't. Sure. Um, sure. It's it's like it's just a really nice um, thing. Yeah. It's kind of like I said, it's supposed to last a couple years. So I'm really excited about that. And I ordered some more just to cover that area. But we'll see how it does, because the nice thing is I won't have to put all those resources in for mowing. I will at first to keep those get those things started well, but sure. hopefully, you know, when we used to put down. <clears throat> what was that? And and we called it the cocoa bean shells. And yeah, and this they, is this is yeah, the shell. Yeah. And and when you'd put it down, oh my goodness, it smelled like a chocolate factory. Yeah, not it this. had so much flavor to it. And that <laughs> would last maybe through just a couple t- couple of times when it rained. Then after that, yeah. it was gone again. This is different. But this broke down pretty fast. It was extremely expensive, and that was maybe. 20 years ago when we started using that and we used it down at uh, the Blue Earth County um, Historical Society um, down at the house there the Hubbard house and people would comment on it they really liked it and they thought it was well new the smell and, was always neat yeah, too yeah yeah exactly well, this is called cocoa mulch and let me tell you it's it's um it's uh biodegradable renewable and that's the cool thing about it so um uh, and yeah, it, it you get one block that's nine pounds. It covers about 12 square feet at a depth of three inches. And it's made from the coconut husks. So it's not yeah. the bean. It's actually yeah. just the husks. Yeah, yeah. Well, I wonder what country that's coming from. I think it's U.S., it said. Or was it? Wait, let No, I don't think so. Well, I'll have to, I'll have to find out, Barb, because yeah, I, yeah. I don't know for sure. I just know that Boy, it's... Boy, I've been reading labels on everything to find out where food comes from. Uh, if it's uh, if it's anything to do with gardening, I want to make very sure that I know exactly that it was produced in this country and it doesn't have any uh, anything in there that oh. I don't want. Well, let's see. Coconut core, a natural waste product, comes with the processing of coconuts. 
So I guess wherever you make, wherever you get coconuts. Oh, it's coconuts. It's not cocoa yeah, beans. Yeah, yeah, it's not cocoa beans. It's coconuts. Okay, okay. Yeah, so we, this we, is like that, the outside of the coconut. Yeah, I know what you're saying. So it's yeah, really yeah, yeah, dirty. Yeah. Hey, this is something I want to make sure we mention to everyone. Uh, this is going on, and I know you, I think you've done this before, at the Minneopa State Park. They are having a... Um, volunteer opportunity for you this weekend. They're removing invasive species. They're collecting native prairie seeds and pulling weeds. And that is this weekend. I got a note from Scott Kadelka, who is the naturalist in our area. And he says they'll be working under a large burr oak on the north side of the gravel road going to the group campground on Minneopa on the campground side of the park from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. on Saturday. And so if you want to help pull invasive weeds, um, yeah. save some seeds, some native seeds and that <clears throat> sort of thing, as well as pull weeds. You, He wants you to call to register those. So you can call Scott Kadelka at 507-384-8890. That's 384-8890. And that's this Saturday from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. You can do that, and then you can head on over to North Mankato for the Fun Days Parade at 11. Yes, exactly. What a fun day. Haven't that you done be. that before with helping in the Minneopa Park? Oh, it was so much fun. You know, it's because they put you on a team. So you take your team. Oh, and, you and, do? Okay. Yeah, and we were, this is what they did last time. You um, you pick a certain flower that you're going to be gathering seed for, oh. and then your team is responsible for that, and then we don't mix them up. And then when we get all done, we put them through sieves. We shake them through sieves and clean them and get them all ready for them. And it's great because then they find other areas in the park where they don't have wildflowers and they get those seeded in. And because that's their natural habitat, they have a much better chance of those taking root and growing. So just a fun event. Scott is such a knowledgeable person. And uh, just get out. 8 o'clock in the morning will be nice and cool yet. Oh, yeah, Saturday is supposed to be pretty decent, I think, as well. And plus, you know, you can pull weeds and get, see what an invasive is if you don't know. Yes, so that'll right. be a good experience as and well. And you know what? You can appreciate we have very few mosquitoes. Yes, I that have, is true, isn't it? Yes, it's really nice because you can be out early in the morning or you can be out late at night, and the mosquitoes simply don't come out. It's kind of odd, isn't it? Because usually we have, but maybe because well, it, it's been so dry. Yeah, that's what they said. It's because it has been so dry. But you know what? We have a nice abundance of fireflies in the yard. I think they're just absolutely adorable. So. And they don't damage anything, so I, I no, like them. they're just there to enjoy. And we have dragonflies. Karen, we have a yeah. dragonfly that Dave and I were watching it. It had two sets of wings. Oh, those are beautiful, yeah. Aren't they? And they're, it was all black. And they're big. And they're big. And the whole thing was black. And we just said, wow. I mean, it was like like from out of space. It had such different I've wings I've seen on a it. bunch of those, yes, with the double wings. And I've seen some with the, the, the black and the blue as well. And wow. yeah, they're just beautiful. And they like the water. That is one of the things they're attracted to. Well, that's where they were at, was at the pond. So, yeah, exactly. And you know, my pond plants are just doing great. They they love it nice and hot. And uh, there must be a lot of nutrients from the fish that are in there, the koi, and, and everything is just growing prolifically. I've the never, rain was such a blessing. The rain was a blessing. But you know that water hyacinth we buy for, I think it's $4 a plant. Right. And you know, the, like if you go south and you like in Louisiana. They're, they're everywhere, right? Yeah, they're clogging the waterways now we must we started with four plants they right? pro they 
double and double yes, and yeah yes yes, yes but sir. you know i found that those are if you have a pond those water hyacinths keep the water clean because those roots under them sure soak do. up all the nutrients from the fish and other sure. stuff so they're sure. really good but one year i had the deer eat them all they did yeah oh dear so. well i i don't even dare to think about the deer right. because if they'd start jumping our fence and coming over they could sure oh, wipe boy. you out pretty fast couldn't they yeah well barbara it's always great to chat with you uh, what will you be doing this weekend I think we'll be out at Miniopa Park. That sounds like... Oh, are you going to maybe go? Yeah, that sounds like my cup of tea. I, I love doing that. I I'll give you. I'm going to give you that, that number before you go, and maybe you've got it already, but if other people want to yeah, join Barb. Barb Lampson, a lot of people uh, saw your picture. Tim posted it, and so a lot of comments on the garden. Oh. If you look on the KMSU website, it's just delightful to see you and your, your element there. But uh, if you want to maybe see Barb in person, if she's there, you can see her. Uh, call Scott Kadelka to uh, register, though, for the... Being at Minneopa Park tomorrow, it's 507-384-8890. And, you know, last year when we did this, or it was two years ago, they also offered us gloves to wear. Wonderful. They they give you something to put the seeds in. They tell you how to do it. So it's... You don't have to know. No, you don't have to do anything. Just just come with a good attitude. And enjoy the social uh, outdoors. Thanks, Barb. Thank you, Karen. All right. It is uh, three minutes past 10. You're listening to uh, Minnesota Morning on the Maverick at KMSU Radio 89.7 FM in Mankato and KMSK 91.3 FM in Austin online at KMSU.